Assalamu alaikum, brother. Peace to the God. Peace. You know, the devil is busy. He always trying to block <laughs> us. <laughs> a little perseverance goes a long way. Absolutely, bro. See it through. Yeah. Um. One of the, uh, the guests from last night, Ebony, was trying to find me on Anchor. And um, she, she favored account, but I still can't add her as a friend for some reason. I don't know what the hell is going on with that, but um, we'll get on anchor about that. Yeah, you don't want this podcast, this DF and universe in your face. Well, this is one hour of black power thinking, and we shall proceed to continue through the venue despite any obstacles. What's on your mind, brother? Well, bro, um. Uh, tonight was a little interesting because time went back and so it would have been 4 o'clock in the morning but it's actually 3 o'clock in the morning (laughs) so how how is that affecting your mentality or physicality (laughs) well being that I'm a free man I'm a free black man I'm a broke free black man but a free man nonetheless it doesn't affect me at all (laughs) Because I make my own hours, but it used to it used to be um a a a a reset that I had to adjust to. Now it's um plus I'm a night hawk anyway, so I'm up at night when everybody else is sleeping, and that that is an actual psychological uh, thing that we'll have to explore. But let's start here, brother, in the chocolate factory. I'm watching tonight on um, TV, the Discovery Channel, one of those detective show channels. And um, guess who works at the chocolate factory? Now, when you say chocolate factory, I'm not sure that I know what the chocolate factory is. (laughs) It's an actual, literal chocolate factory. Okay. It's not even a, a... a moniker or anything. It's it's a actual job that this person has. It's there, um. There, there's it's a place a, in 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 Manhattan on Forty Second Street. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like a chocolate factory. I mean, well, this one is in uh, Wisconsin. Hello, Wisconsin. I'm gonna tell you a whole about a lot of uh, sick, deprived secrets from uh, Wisconsin in tonight's show episode. So everybody stay tuned. The person I'm referring to at this point is Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, But first, before we go into his uh, mind, I want to um, give a shout out to Sean Connery. May he uh, rest in peace. I find out that he passed away today. Oh, great actor and um, just a hell of a guy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I remember him from The Untouchables and from, um, of course, with his Bond stuff, James Bond. Um, But I also remember him from Untouchables and some other movie. Oh, The Rock. That was a good movie that he was in. We'll probably discuss the movies tonight, too. 
um, the psychological aspect of these movies. But let's get into uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, and you may ask yourself, why start with this shit? What the hell are you up to, Brother Douglas? No, um, no, no nothing <laughs> surprises me, so I'm... I'm... <laughs> Not coming out of this month. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. So, <laughs> brother, it's unstable. <laughs> I was just listening to last night's podcast and I was busting out laughing. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, nothing about this brother surprised me. <laughs> He's just an angry black man. <laughs> <laughs> you need to calm down, brother, and readjust your situation. You see, that's your problem right there, brother. Yeah, and it, it, it is always interesting because you know it. it All right, get stuck. What, 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 what? Not that in that when I hear people describe me, and I just and I think about where I come from, and, and the people that have had, you know, the effect on me, in in terms of how I understand how I understand things and how I um, uh, uh, respond to things and how I deal with things. Mm -hmm. So much of that, you know, comes from my background, Mm -hmm. but my relationship with you definitely had a impact on that, (laughs) you know, and, and the nation, you know, and, and it's Islam, you know, um, you know, in and of itself. And so when people, it's it's so, because my comparison is always like where I come from. So when Mm -hmm. people say, man, you, you know, you angry or you are so serious and you're so mean or you look so, and I'm like, (laughs) shit, if I look like that, if you think that about me, (laughs) what, I mean, where I come from, I'm I'm a lightweight. (laughs) You know, like brothers are like, bro, you need to get, you need to be more angry. <laughs> but you, you need, need to, get, you need to get motivated. <laughs> but you need to be, bro, you need to be more serious. And I'm like, damn, you know, <laughs> these niggas are tripping. Right? <laughs> they like, way out there. They, right. they passed Pluto, <laughs> bro. Let me tell you, when I left New York City. And went to South and went to college <laughs> with the knowledge and the experience that I had leaving New York and and walking on college campus. Now here's the thing: when I, when I got to South Carolina State, I walked on the campus from the Black history that I had read and mm-hmm. understood. Right, so I was under under the impression that I was going to be amongst the greatest minds of Black intellectuals in the world. Right. And I got on campus and became a political science and history major where the most <laughs> radical people would have been. Hmm. And they were looking at me like, this nigga is crazy. crazy. <laughs> I was talking about Yusuf Hawkins, Benson Hurst. You know, I was talking about this. And, and they, these Negroes was like, what? What Who? is that? <laughs> I was talking about Dr. Francis Cress Wellsland, Dr. Khalid Muhammad. And these this is sheltered like that uh academic life. Yeah, bro. They was like bro. I mean like you I couldn't was, even mention the streets at first, right? Oh bro. It wasn't forget about the streets, bro. That 
In no place. We're in no country for old gangsters. Bruh, let me tell you. <laughs> By the time they realized that aspect of it, they was like, this nigga is worse than Huey Newton. This nigga they, is like... This nigga is worse than we thought. <laughs> Right. I thought he was just a militant, <laughs> but this nigga like, stuff was bad. Right. This nigga. Right. We thought this nigga was just militant. This nigga's a gangster too. <laughs> like, oh no. Nigga, how did you get Where here? Where did you grow up? Right. How did how did you get here, bro? How, how did you get here? <laughs> and that is why we going into Dama tonight, brother. We're not gonna stay there, but it's a launching point into DF and universe. Indeed. Now he's working in the chocolate factory. Now, as a psychological uh, student of the uh, sciences of social, and um, I guess that would be social um, interactions in um, human behavior. So you have some knowledge in those those um, capacities. What the hell is the significance of him working in a chocolate factory? And most of his victims being black men. Um, and uh, I'll give you give you a little basis. This is where I'm going. The meta, or the beyond the mind. Sometimes we have to get there. And um, so I looked at this show tonight, and I'm like, this nigga worked in the actual job. <laughs> <laughs> and he up there eating chocolate people. Mm-hmm. So now you can uh, go. I gave you context at ten minutes. Yeah. So, well, um, it's really jarring my memory. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I there's someone who said this, but so I have to quote the person mm-hmm. who probably quoted the person who said this right so dr rosenthal in his city in, in one of his cities um talk about um what we talk about in um uh um defense mechanisms right mm-hmm. and in defense mechanisms there these are things where they show up uh, intentionally or unintentionally um and so he said, beware of the man that protests not or protests much, right? And so one of the, one of our defense defense mechanisms is let's say there's someone who um uh really protests gay people, mm-hmm. right? Like really hates gay people. Mm-hmm. But the reality is he's struggling with gay tendencies himself. Hmm. So when he says, beware of the person who protests as much, beware hmm. of that person, right? Because that mm-hmm. person might be fighting personal demons. Hmm. And, and, and the reason why they're fighting so hard is because they're fighting against the demons within themselves. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so what I'm saying about Jeffrey Dahmer, I don't know this to be the case. We're just talking based on the question that you asked me. Right. Beware the person that protests much. Is, you know, I don't know much how much he hated black people or loved black people or mm. his uh, homosexuality or whatever. But 
there's something about Aldi. Um, <laughs> he loved them wow. enough to eat them. <laughs> right. Love right. 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 Because because what 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 happens with our uh, defense mechanisms sometimes is that we end up trying to protect um, certain things that we love, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 sometimes that's just with us. Like, let's say you were a child that were that was um, sexually abused or whatever. So there's something that called suppression, and then there's something called repression. Mm-hmm. So suppression. Is what you do intentionally, and repression is what you do not conscious of, mm-hmm. but is done to prevent you from dealing with anxiety about something that made you feel hurt. Right now, mm-hmm. um, so with with you know a person who um, so so in 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 his case, I mean, there's there's like eight or nine of them. I don't have them in front of me. Mm. And I can't I can't run them off the top of my head. But um okay. I don't know what it was. That was me looking for a song. Great. Okay. So so sometimes what 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 happens is in, you know in us looking for um these desires or, or behaviors, you know, in, in, in ourselves, that's what takes us there. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know that's the case with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he 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 could have went there. He's, very he's openly gay. Um, I don't know what his um, relationship with black people are, but he moved into not only do you work at a chocolate factory, but he moved into a ghetto community. Uh, yeah. So he, he has. So, so so I think his I think his behavior is a little different, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's 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 like a person who is a child molester, mm-hmm. right? And a person who's a child molester may get a job babysitting, mm. you know, or may get a job at a summer camp with kids. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that behavior is is different because it's, 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 it's predatory. Right. Right? And, and, that's, and they... that's the way I'm going with it because um, one of the psychological aspects of... Um the the um serial killer is that he's looking for he's looking to prey on people that won't be missed yeah. and th- that is the black as- aspect of this um yeah. story on Dharma with the connection to black men we yeah. will not be missed if uh we wind up missing yeah yeah particularly if you particularly if you um, focus on a particular population of people. Right. You know, so if you focus on the homeless or you focus on prostitutes and, you know, different people like that, hmm. you figure, you know, you're going to get less exposure because right. these people are already, you know, in an environment. Of society. Right, right. So there's not going to be a lot of attention as opposed to focusing on a college student. Right. There you go. And that that was the uh, beginning of this. We at the fifteen minute mark. Um, it's a it's a couple of um, things going on in Wisconsin, but I have to give you a story now. Uh, please forgive the setup, but um, I think it's very important that we talk about getting beyond 
our understanding of people. And the only way that I know of to do that is to go into the meta consciousness. But let me give you this other story. Now, there's this guy, two guys, actually, that, uh, well, actually, three guys in Wisconsin. They go to a gravesite and dig up this woman that had just freshly died of a motorcycle accident. This is a true story. Happened like in the, I think it, uh, I'll get the years later. But um, it wasn't too long ago, no more than 20 years ago. He digs up the woman because he's in love with her in the graveyard. He gets caught with the other two guys that are his accomplice. And um, they all go to um, to trial based on that um, act of um, destroying a body. And there's certain states like this in the United States that, that have no legal remedy for um, molest- molesting a corpse. Our human laws in the United States are based on uh, people that are still alive. And so they really didn't have anything to charge them with. Um, so far, you still with me? <laughs> yep. Like he's way, uh, he's making a slingshot around Mars and headed towards uh, planet X. No, I'm with you. Okay. All right. So these states, um, which Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, all of these states have now had black men, black women shot for no reason. Any connections to the meta of what's happening? Define meta. Beyond. Like, so beyond thinking. Because we know that um, psychology deals with the thoughts and the mind. Can we get beyond the mind? Is there a pattern? Well, I'll put it to you that way. Is there a pattern with all of these types of um, violence to t- towards mainly black men, but even black women find themselves, and people in marginalized communities find themselves being prey to... Um, different white people, whether they be in law enforcement or whether they work at a chocolate factory. Is okay. Let me make sure I understand the question. Is there a connection that, between the not even a question? Is um just okay. your thoughts on it? And we're at the nineteen minute mark, so you got one minute, and then we'll go to break, and uh, you can um just um familiarize yourself with it yourself not with okay. the stories but um just what what the hell is going on in these middle states as it uh, pertains to black people uh, bro i think that's a simple answer actually um you know i i, it, I think um and i don't know the middle states so i'm i'm really being subjective in that Mm-hmm. But it, it it is it makes sense to me 
in terms of their limited exposure and understanding of culture. Mm-hmm. And with limited understanding of culture, you could be very subjective in how you see a particular pe- group of people. So let's say you, let's say you that's you never leave that that place, but you listen to Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and Donald Trump tells you that Mexicans are rapists and killers and X Y Z, and if that's your only source of information, that's you you have a limited source of information or exposure about a particular group of people. If you don't, if, if and the same way with people of color, if you live in those rural middle states or whatever and people have a limited exposure of who you are and what you are, then they may see you just as that. Not worth um, any type of um, call to humanity. Yeah, but but they I, but dehumanize I, I, you. Yeah, but I but I think what's fair is I don't know how humanized they are. Right, which is what I'm saying. Also, um, I'm bringing this up because Jacob Blake, which happened after um, George Floyd, uh, in Wisconsin, was uh, shot. And on August 24th, 2020. So these are not um, things that happened 20 years ago. These are things that continually happen in the black community. Um, we become the targets. Yeah, but I, but 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 I, but but I think what's fair. You and I both know, or have some exposure to South Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. Home of the Klan. So so, but we're wise enough to know that you know what. Even as much as we know about South Carolina, we know that certain things still happen. Hmm. Even though we're not there, we but we do know that these things do happen. And even the people that live there know, mm-hmm. right? But they, even in them knowing that they live that lifestyle and under the, almost kind of like under the rule or the norm, normacy of that, mm-hmm. While you and I on the outside might look at it, you know, as being abnormal, this, you know, like this isn't right or whatever, mm-hmm. but we know that that type of mentality and that type of behavior exists because we've experienced it and seen it for ourselves. Right. Even if it wasn't us, we know family members or friends or family members and friends that know people that do, even mm-hmm. in contemporary or modern day. Mm-hmm. And we'll leave it at that in uh, the effing universe, one hour of black power thinking. We're at the 22-minute mark, and we'll be right back after this commercial break. Peace. Peace. And we are back in the effing universe. Um... Sorry, my um, thoughts were all over the place from Sean Connery to Jeffrey Dahmer to Wisconsin to all of the heartland states to the suppression of justice against black men and women. Um, That's a lot to swallow and digest and process. So forgive me for being all over the place. There's so many things that, you know, the same thing happens to you. 
so many things just cross your mind on a daily basis that you revert back to your thinking. Now, some people say that that type of thinking on that level that we're victims is part of the problem with our psyche in combating oppression. We shouldn't have that type of thought. We should always be thinking on a positive level. Okay, you want me to respond to that? Yeah, just with started discussion. You can go on to something else. You don't have to be on that. Okay, so I think there's two things. Um, one, I think that it's problematic to see yourself as a victim. I, I, I think that when you see yourself as a victim, you alleviate the power or, or ability to fix your situation. Hmm. So um, when you're in victim, victim mode, uh, you are then powerless. So, you know, I always um, recommend to people not to see themselves or to remove themselves from victim mode hmm. because victim mode is helpless. Victim mode is um, fightless. Victim mode is powerless. And when you are a victim, you have given your power to someone else. Hmm. So, you have to be very careful about falling into victim mode because that is a place of um, that's a place of defeat defeatism right and you don't want to be in that position so be very yeah, careful about right. place, placing yourself as a victim or How staying get beyond that or, or staying mentally. Or, or staying in victim mode because you can't empower yourself if you are going to stay a victim. Hmm. How do we get past that mentally? Um, well, I think it starts with you, it's wanting to empower yourself because, it, because if not, then there's something empowering about being a victim. Mm-hmm. Some people say to me, um, you seem quite insensitive to why aren't you protesting? Why aren't you voting? Why aren't you doing this and that? Um, and you see what happened to George Floyd. I said, I'm not a reactionary. I am an action person, not reaction. So that's where my mentality is. And that's the solution I have for oh, they just shot another black man. They just elected another white racist in the office. They just did this. They just did that. There's something about the subconscious of our mind that allows us to be angry at this sort of um, repeated oppression and repeated tyranny, but it's self-defeating. So what what makes you an actioner? What what action area are you? Keep keeping my plan in motion, regardless of what obstacles come. The only thing that could stop my plan in motion is death. And my plan in motion is to be a poor righteous teacher. 
So these talks and discussions that we have now, although they seem um, totally pointless, will eventually have some type of effect on somebody's psyche. So outside of these conversations, what actionary, what what what's the manifestation of actionary that, that you see as definitive? Or what, when you use that terminology um, of, of not being reactional, but being like actional. Proactive. Right. So, so, so what is it that you're doing different outside of the conversation that you and I are having right now? It's study. It's um, all of the things that I've learned from being in Black organizations has a key point to the people coming up. I'm at the age now where I don't want to protest any damn way because I've done that. I don't see the effectiveness of it. I don't want to be in politics. I've seen the ill effect of of that sort of um, action or response. I've seen things in um, education that aren't correct Mm -hmm. because we don't seem to get to the next level as much as we should if we were normal people so the fact that that you made it means that at least a hundred black men I'm just putting a number out there but I'm sure it's more than that for every brother Wayne that made it is at least a thousand black men that will never make it. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to receive that. Um, Meaning that that all of the um, things that we are learning, there's a way that we have to think in order to get beyond just the trivialness of and just the um, lack of em- empathy for somebody just dying you you tend to get immune to to the deaths and to the um the new clan the neo clan and the um poor boys because you know what they're gonna do I don't know if there's a point to it yeah so so um i I want to be careful in how I'm going to articulate my, my, my point or I want to be careful in understanding or trying to understand what or try to articulate what I think I heard you say. So when you talk about making it and then you said something about education earlier, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm, I, I need to understand the correlation between the points. There, there people are not going to make it. Okay. It's like the people with Dharma, they were doomed. Okay, so um, but 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 you there but are you... people there are people that that are gonna go to kindergarten, but they're not even gonna make it out of high school. Okay. They're doomed. Okay, but 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 okay, I, okay, um. All right. 
what's determining the, the doom? The fact that they are black. I don't think that that's fair. So, are you saying that the it fact ain't gotta that... be fair, brother? It right, just but, gotta be the reality of the situation. But I, but it should but it shouldn't be your reality because if you accept that as your reality, then that becomes a reality. And and I'm saying that to say that okay, so there's a white kid, right? And and using the scenario that you're using, there's a white kid. You're saying that it's automatically going to make it because he's white. No. Okay. But and, there's a black kid that's not going to make it because he's autom- because he's black. Right. And you're saying that the black kid should buy into that synopsis. No, I'm saying that you need to understand it to get beyond it. Okay, so if you understand it to get beyond it, then that means that all we got to do is make black people understand that or make black kids understand that. That would be the dilemma that I'm having with my own thoughts. Brother. Okay, 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 okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to articulate and understand what. I'm what sorry, it, is. it took twenty minutes to do that. <laughs> Thirty minutes. It's a okay. ten minute mark okay. of the afternoon universe. Okay, okay. And, I'm just trying uh, to that talk. That problem through. has been solved for me, and I hope somebody is writing it down. <laughs> We just had to process those things. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I don't want to talk it through with you, bro. Hmm. What's on your mind, brother? Thanks for talking me off the ledge. <laughs> uh, well, bro, I, I, I sure jumped. <laughs> there is no solution. <laughs> no, no, son. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you know, well, I, I, again, bro, I think you and I had the conversation and I talked about one of the things that they talk about in narrative therapy is that, um, you know, uh, uh, scripts and and it's, it, and we talk hmm. about and we talk about scripts. It's the scripts that we believe about ourselves and the scripts that people have told us about ourselves. Hmm. Right. And and here's the thing. If we believe those scripts, then that's one thing, right? Whether we believe the script that we have been told about ourselves or whether we believe the scripts that we've written about ourselves. But the power is being able to change the script. Right. Right. Going beyond. That's what right. I mean by meta. Right. That that place in your subconscious that says Okay, this is happening, but this is the reality right. that I want to make. Right, right. Because, because th- th- let me tell you, bro. As a person that grew up, <clears throat> to this day, I've never known my father. Mm. I've never met him. Right, mm. I've never known him. But, and I've had a horrible relationship with my mom. Mm. Right. So, based on that script, I should have an effed up life. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with with just that, because now, how do you make it? Because you you are already behind the eight ball, but not only are you behind the eight ball, but you're starting behind anybody else who had either one of those, who either had a mom, who either had a dad, or whoever had both. You don't have neither one of those. So mm-hmm. what you might have is a grandma, but you still mm-hmm. starting behind those those two. You're right. Right. 
So, and if education has anything to do with being valued, then that means that it needs to be taught at home. Hmm. And if that's not being taught, how can it be taught at home if if it's not there? So now, now you three steps. You ain't got Hmm. no mama. You ain't got no daddy. You ain't got no education. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, so, so as as it starts to map out, you you got all these steps against you. Right. So I'm already I just named three. Right. Now let's say there's more. Right. So now you grow up on food stamps. Let's take another step. Now you grow up on dysfunctional family. Right. Now you grow up on food stamps. Now you grow up on welfare. Hmm. That's four steps. Now you grow up in the project. That's five Hmm. steps. Right. Violent environment. That's six that's six steps. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? You know, and now we just now we just went from mom and now dad. if you white, the the possibilities of growing up around that uh slimmer, not impossible. Right, right, right. But uh, that's the comparison right. I was making. Not that it it gives an advantage, because it sure doesn't give an advantage to white people. That's not what gives them the advantage. Right. Which right. is why I always bring it back to the fact that it's not what happens to the individual. It's what happens to the collective. Right. So so we just moved five, six steps, right? Mm-hmm. Now let's go to education. Right? Because mm-hmm. we because now you're in school mm-hmm. and now you don't have access to a computer. You don't have access to um your mom or your dad being able to help you with your education. So now you, you it's just a ton of things. Right, mm-hmm. that are that that are being propelled, that are going to ensure or propose that you probably not gonna make it. Hmm. Now, how do you make it past that? Hmm. That that's where you're gonna have to have a different type of thinking. And uh, from what we discussed last night, when uh, before you had met me. You said you had no indication that you would even be going to college. Um, what changed? Not only before I met you. You know, I thought, you know, I didn't think nothing of college, bro. I mean, I, right. that, like, I didn't feel worthy of college material. Right. You know, so now you ask me what changed. Okay. So I remember sitting in a FOI meeting uh, uh, or a, um, I remember, I don't know if it was either sitting in a large, not large meeting, I'm talking about masonry, but I remember sitting in a mosque or listening Mm -hmm. to a tape Mm -hmm. and the minister saying, how do you, excuse me, the minister, the minister was saying, "How, as a black man, no, no, no. This is how he started out. He said that the top of your eyeball is 180 degrees. <laughs> the uh, the bottom part is 180 degrees. That's 360 degrees." Mm-hmm. That's a complete circle. Mm-hmm. He said, when he started to talk about 
uh, blackness. He said, there's no said birth record to a black man. Hmm. When, he, when he talked about mathematics, when he talked about science, when he talked about history, he said, you are all of those things. No one should ever be able to put a math book in front of you, hmm. a science book in front of you, hmm. and, and you not be able to master that. Mm. He said the black man is God. The black man is knowledge. The black man mm. is science. The black man is, is history. For mm. me, that was life changing. Because the to me, came it came on. And to me, I said, you know what? That changed my perspective about college or school. Because I mm. felt like in my head, from that point on, no one would ever tell me that I can't master anything. Mm. And and that took me from being a 20-some-year-old adult to going to an undergrad college, mm. graduating from that, going to a master's degree program, program mm. graduating from that, and then going to a doctoral program and mastering and completing that because I believe that there was nothing that the white man could put in front of me that I could not master. Mm. Now that is deep. That's very deep. We're at the 18 minute mark. You got two minutes, brother. Any last words on that subject? So, so what I believe about that you know, and and I don't know that that will work for everybody, but that's what worked for me, because mm-hmm. I I I believe if you believe that you can master anything, or if you believe that God resonates in you and that you are the God of the universe, then I think that there is nothing academically that anybody can put in front of you that you can't master right politically socially even mentally but 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 all of that to me becomes academic because politics is academics socially yeah. is academics all of all of that is academics to me it's a learning development it's a learning development yeah hmm. yeah and we'll be right back after these messages call you right back Salam alaikum. Peace to the God. Um, we have this is the last uh, twenty-minute segment. After this, if we're tired or want to continue. Um, one of the things affecting tonight's podcast is the fact that the time went back. Um, so we have to adjust to that. Yeah. Now, I understand that you watched a fight tonight. Yeah, the young brother from Baltimore, man, seems to be the truth. Wow. Um, 
I'm still into boxing, but not like I used to be. I used to have religious affiliation with that boxing, any type of um, contact sports, martial artists, and um, things of that nature. I always loved it. But um, I don't know. I, I think after Mayweather, I lost my uh, appetite for boxing. This guy's in a an accomplished boxer with just outstanding statistics. He's a walking t- statistics in boxing history. But um there seems to be less substance than like when Muhammad Ali had his greatest achievements. Um even Sugar Ray with his Sugar Ray Leonard, not Sugar Ray Robinson. With his achievements in the welterweight division, I wasn't too um, too happy about how it ended. I thought he stole the title from Marvin Hagler unjustifiably. But um, what is going on with this fight last night? Bro, I don't know how to describe it except to say that the youngin from Baltimore is an animal. What's his name? Uh, I think it's the uh, Javante Davis. Oh, okay, Tank Davis. His um, his um, name is um. He's from Philly, right? No, he's from Baltimore. Javante Tank Davis. Yep, I thought he was Philly. No, he's from Baltimore, bro. He's, he's from Baltimore. Okay. And he is a what? What, what a did he call, What did he call himself tonight? Um. Oh man, he used a word. It escaped my mm-hmm. memory right now, but um, kind of like the the book. I think he called himself the boogeyman. <laughs> did he remind you of Tyson with his aggression? Bro, I can't I can't put him in that category right now, but uh but but I will say his knockout was his his <laughs> knockout was 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 you know it was remembers remembers it of, of Tyson. Mm-hmm. Um he, he he knocked him out in the sixth round, but they wow. the, the young and and he's not very articulate at all, but Leo he, Santa Cruz. Oh, that was the Mexican Mexican guy. Yeah, yeah. That he fought. Yeah, he punished him, bro. <laughs> he punished him. <laughs> he punished him, bro. <laughs> yeah, he he. I mean, I, you know, it, it 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 was a fight that was really about skill, right? Mm-hmm. In that, you know, um, the kid from Baltimore. Um, to me, he he's a natural, authentic fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 for me, what I mean by natural, authentic fighter, um, what I what I know about fighting, you know, and growing up in fighting, is that there's something about fighting. Um, if if you're good at it, that becomes in, instinctual, right? Right. There's there, there's an instinct that 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 comes with it, right? If if you right. fight enough, you know. Um, it's not a you know you know how to hold your hands you know how to defend yourself you know how to throw a jab but what happens in a fight is 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 
when you're holding your hands a certain way, if you shoot the jab, but you shoot the jab almost as to see where the person is gonna go, mm. right? That's that to me. That's instinct, right? So if 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 I shoot the jab, or if I move my shoulder, move my hip, you know, a certain way, then <laughs> my my instincts is gonna tell me where to go next. You know what I'm saying? Like playing chess. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, so so so. When I as I'm watching the fight tonight, you know, for me when I'm watching something like that, I to me I can, you know, in, in my memories in my head, I don't have the quickness that I had back in my day. Mm-hmm. But back in my day, you know, like I could I could beat you just because I knew you couldn't, <laughs> you 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 could not fight me. You know, I could tell in the first, you you know, a couple of seconds I'm gonna I'm gonna beat the shit out of you because. You know, or whether or not this is going to be a difficult fight, I could just tell, <laughs> bro. I'm I, to be completely honest. I sometimes I could tell by the way you threw up your hands. If you threw up your hands at me a certain way, I already knew you ain't know what you was doing. You you know, I I, I could look at you and be like, oh, this this gonna, this is a cakewalk. This, this is gonna be food. Yeah, this, this is a cakewalk, right? I I, I got him. I, I got him. He, he don't know what he's doing. I can see he don't know what he's doing. You know, uh, so I'm gonna shoot this. I'm gonna shoot this jab over here, and I'm gonna catch him with the hook, and I'm gonna knock his ass out. You know, quick. Yeah, I, 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 I just knew that. You know, just you know, cause I, you know, but I was, I was, I think I was, you know, I consider myself more of a street fighter than, you know, probably anything else. But, you know, I spent a lot of times with, you know, in the gym, and around. You know my cousins, the people like that. With that was in the gym, and then even even when I was in New York, you know, I used to go to that um, Marcus Garvey gym. Yeah. You know. So yeah. the, so when I watched that fight tonight, he was just c- clearly, you know, just a more astute fighter. He just knew, um, you know, where to put this guy. He was, you know, he 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 saw everything that was coming. And the biggest problem with, with the um, Mexican guy is like the Mexican. The Mexican guy could put out his shots, mm-hmm. but he but he would put his shots out and then he would just stay there. He wouldn't move. <laughs> he wouldn't move. So he, he know he know exactly where exactly he exactly. So he put his <laughs> shots out there and then he just catch it. But he's counter punching. Yeah. So 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 when he caught him <laughs> when he caught him with that uppercut, he was already he already saw the uppercut coming. He was just trying to catch it. <laughs> he was just trying to catch it because he was like, okay, he ain't moving. When I shoot this upper cup to him, I'm, when I when I catch mm. him with his upper cup, it's over. And he caught him. Mm. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, move quickly over to the NFL. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why you want to do that, bro. <laughs> Let's talk about Washington. Those great uh, <laughs> cadre of men. <laughs> I'm sure you have plenty of things you want to brag and boast about. I really don't, um, <laughs> because if I talk about the Redskins <laughs> and you're and you've been an ex Cowboy fan, <laughs> I, you know I don't know that it's fair to put respect on me. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> You know, I don't know that it's fair to have a conversation with you. I mean, you guys are so terrible. 
you know, and and you started, hey, y'all, y'all you got, started, y'all got a bye week. Yeah, absolutely. So, because right, I don't see y'all on the schedule. Yeah, this is our bye week, so it's not even fair to have a football conversation with you. But you guys, you guys are so and hard. The Cowboys play the Eagles this week, Bruh. It's just embarrassing, bro. And the the Giants play Tom Brady in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bro, everybody in the division loses. We got, bro, we rolled to the top. Everybody gonna take a L. Everybody, well, you know, except for the Cowboy Eagle game. Yeah, the Eagles will win. Hopefully, hopefully, bro, bro. What do you mean? You don't have a quarterback. You're your third string quarterback. That guy Danucci or whatever his fucking name is is good, brother. Bro, <laughs> you can't. Are you high right now? Brother, you can't. You, you can't. You, you can't, can't do that. You, you can't. You can't be serious, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right, if, if you're serious, I'm just gonna hang up right now, bro. They got a. They got a fighter's chance, bro. You a don't. Punch's chance, like bro. You don't. You, bro, you don't. You don't have an ice cube. I, I'm. <laughs> Rap an ice cube chance in hell. You, you, you don't, bro. You don't. You don't. And we're at the 10 minute mark in DF in Universe, and I don't know how the fuck we got here. But I guess it's the, uh, at the, on the cusp of um, post Halloween and the daylight savings time that <laughs> changed the Twilight Zone in DF and Universe. Now, bro, you, you, you said Sister Ebony wanted to get on this particular, uh, yeah. particular topic that she wanted to discuss. Now nah, she she just likes the way we vibe together, so. Okay. It's a good thing. Okay. 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 But um, she she likes the political show, so. Okay. There's always something good to talk about in there. Okay. Even though I don't engage in politics, I can... um. At least listen to what people's viewpoints are. And so, and so, how do you feel? Not you said that you and Brother James had witnessed physically um, <laughs> lines of people voting, um, and you all not being a part of that. Did I thought about that? And I said to myself, like, did you guys walk away from that feeling like you were better than people that? We're in the line, like, oh, we're smarter than all those people that are in line. I, I, it was weird to me, like, uh, like, like, do the jab, and I'm gonna set you up with the hook, brother. I'm gonna tell you exactly. I'm ready, I'm ready for the. I'm ready for the hook. <laughs> the hook is the people. But you was you that was, they were better than me. <laughs> they thought that they were better than us because they were voting. Okay, so you like see, these damn fools. So, so here's where you messed up. You you told me the hook was coming, so I was, I was prepared for it. You I wasn't. Have told you. Yeah, you yeah you shouldn't have told me, bro. Yeah, you shouldn't have told me. He don't know what he do. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm a very him out right quick. Yeah, because it, because the very polite answer to that is the people that were in line didn't even notice you. They didn't even know that you existed, bro. And you know why they didn't. Because, because you don't they vote. No, because you don't count. They matter. You don't I count. Mean. You you don't count, bro. You don't you don't have a t shirt that you don't, says you don't have a voice. Voters count. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, make that shirt. Non voters matter. Make make that shirt. And let's see how many of that shit. Let's let's see how that sells. 
Yeah, good luck with that sale. It would definitely be a part of my dark comedy series. But but let me I'm ask making you. I'm <laughs> making another a couple of um shirts. So um Bruh, stay I, tuned for that. I hope I hope you ain't planning on making no money. You just spending money. <laughs> hey, I got a no nigga um no more nigga shit uh keychain if you like it, brother. It's not Gucci or Birkin, but um <laughs> It's got a, a, a significant saying on it. No it, more nigga shit. It, it doesn't, right? It really doesn't. It, it doesn't just, have a just Land like Rover. just like the two names <laughs> you just named. It really doesn't. But but so but 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 let me if I if I want to entertain your game for just maybe two minutes <laughs> or maybe a minute. This, this it, nigga it, mentality. Yeah. So <laughs> let, let me just give you let me give you a minute. Right, and we'll bounce on to something else. Um, if voting doesn't, if voting doesn't count, right, and it doesn't mean anything, then why is Trump on a voting campaign? Because that's what he do. But you gotta give him a better answer it's than that. His whole fucking philosophy. So you think that he's just doing that? People. No, right, right. You, you you you're not telling me you think that President Trump, Donald Trump, is has been is on a campaign train because that's what he does. And he ain't got nothing else. He ain't got nothing else to do but hold but hold rallies. Like, right. it, now, like let me break it down to you because it's not just him. The whole thing that people don't see. And this is what you have to, it's never personal, it's just business. He's in the business of upsetting people. The Republican Party, for that matter, is in the business of upsetting people. You can see over time that they have said some bold, outrageous bullshit. And their party members swallow it up whole and it um, offends the Democratic Party. But this hasn't changed, nor is it going to change anytime soon. From McCarthyanism all the way up until now, the Republican Party has just spit in the face of the Democrats. Even when they lost, like in the case of Jimmy Carter, they come back with a damn ray gun. When they lost again, to Clinton, they come back with a Bush. When they lost again to Obama, now they come back with a Trump in your face. Take it or leave it. You motherfuckers had your turn and we're going to have our... I think that political back and forth is just something that I'm not into. I'm not into it. And I think that people that are are wasting their time, but there's worse things to waste your time. Waste your time on, like snorting cocaine. That would be a worse waste of time. But um, I digress. Uh, I, I was listening to a uh, Professor Carr today, uh, him and Karen Hunter, and oh, they were talking. Oh, so about now you now you listen to Karen Hunter, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hey, I, I I'll tell you, I'm open to everything, brother. I'm okay. open, okay, <laughs> like a window. 
but it don't mean that I'm gonna follow. Um, I see the things that that black people get themselves involved in as frivolous. It's just a waste of damn time. Now he was Professor Carl was saying today, what's gonna happen that may make the Republican Party cheat us out of another election and what we should do if certain things do happen. And that's all well and good, but you have to be into that type of sport. And according to my teachings, we're not to engage in any type of sport and play. Now, I do like boxing and I do like... um, some of the combat sports and the NFL. But um, to hold that shit as some type of um, basis for empowerment is a joke to me. Okay, so can I ask you a question? You go right ahead, sir. Even though you talked me down from the last ledge, this one I'm jumping off. <laughs> There's no way you can talk me out of this one, brother. Okay, okay. I, I just got a question, bro. Even if you shoot the jab, set me up for the hook. Okay, I, just, I just got a question. Uh, so, in your political knowledge, strategy, and behavior, yes, sir. How how does that work for you? It's not working too well. <laughs> <laughs> but I just got to regroup. <laughs> okay. Okay. I just I just had to ask, bro. I mean, I hear you talking, is, is, there, is there a psychological term for people that opt out of fucking reality? <laughs> Beyond delusional. Yeah. Yeah, meta delusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I found the title of our podcast tonight at the 19 minute mark in DF and universe. One hour of black power thinking, meta delusional. Yeah, it'll be the title. Yeah, because <laughs> at the end of the day, I often ask my clients, How's that working for you? <laughs> How does it make you feel? <laughs> how how is that working? How how has that worked? You, I mean, you feel, right, right now, you feel you feel you seem to feel real strong, right? Man. Right, you feel real strong about that. But <laughs> how is that? You know, how is that working for you, brother? You know, you know? that um, um, Sean Connery was born in the same year. That our savior arrived July 4th, 1930, in Detroit, Michigan. Any last words, brother? 1955. No, bro. I think I'm 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 good. Uh, <laughs> You're happy <laughs> with the results of tonight's uh, mission. <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I know what we can do if you got a couple of minutes. We're going to go into the meta of what happens in DFN Universe live after we hang up. All right. Okay. Give me uh, two minutes and we can do it. All right. Take your time, brother. Just text me when you're ready. Peace. Peace. 
Hey, you ever get the feeling that someone is sabotaging you or your coach? <laughs> Another episode Indeed. down the pike. Indeed. 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 Yeah, so um <clears throat> but you know but but um just to elaborate on your point about self sabotage. Mm-hmm. Um Bro, I I think that's a lot deeper than just saying that. In in that, when you self sabotage, there's something about you that makes you feel not worthy of the blessings mm-hmm. or the greatness that you are about to receive. And mm-hmm. so, what happens is when the blessings or the greatness greatness is coming or is there you self-sabotage that because you don't feel that you're worthy, but you don't do that consciously. Hmm. You do it unconsciously. You know, and so it means like, you know, you you can work as hard as you can on whatever it is that you're working on. Hmm. But when it starts to manifest, you purposely or no, not purposely, you sub- subconsciously destroy it because mm. you don't feel that you're worthy of it. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. So so let's say you have a wife, you have a you have kids, or you have a job. And the job is a job that you really are deserving of, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's a job that you've been seeking and is making you the money that you want to make. And when you get there, something internally is happening to make you feel like you're not worthy, even though you yeah. are. And so what yeah. happens is you self-destruct. You and because you you self-sabotage every time. Right. Yep. That's what's happening. When they ask what's happening, that's what's happening. Right. Right. I, f- I feel um a lot of physical ailments too now. You've got these like vicious headaches all of a sudden. I don't know if it's psychosomatic or they actually happen. Yeah, so I I I think that's um important to 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 at least acknowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, it, at least in acknowledging it, you have to be careful about believing that the headaches are there. Mm-hmm. Or or creating the headaches. Mm-hmm. Because you feel worthy of having some type of physical or mental pain. Mm-hmm. And if it is actual real pain, I want everybody to know that to go after this damn <laughs> investors that um sabotage my empire, my great empire, brother. Hmm. And what empire is that? All of this junk, like <laughs> like Sanford and Sons. 
when I when I go, brother, I'm leaving all of this to you, my vast <laughs> empire. <laughs> you have to pick up the mantle, brother. You know, it's it's it's, it's funny because you know, um, <laughs> yesterday, my, and I was telling um, the guys tonight as at the fight party, I said, um, <laughs> you know, my my. My son and I, you know, we get a haircut. Um, Well, I've been using the same barber for like, I don't know, maybe 25, 30 years. Uh, (laughs) But my son now uses my barber um, Mm -hmm. and has been using my barber since he just turned 17 uh, a couple days ago. (laughs) But he's been using my barber since he was, oh man, Uh, I want to say for the last five, seven years. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, I was telling the guys um, tonight. I was like on my way home from the barbershop. Uh, he and I was having a conversation, and and, and bro, write this down. So, uh, uh, let me rest it right there because I don't want to lose my point. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <clears throat> um. Uh, um. So um, anyway, so um, he was saying to me, uh, he said that um, when you when you meet my girlfriend, she she is, <laughs> um, you know, like kind of like like you, you know. And he said that um, she has this real stern face. And it, and it doesn't mean that she's mad, but it just means hey, that's just her face, right? And so I was like, you know, in my head, like, what what face do I have that's so stern, <laughs> right? Because you know, you I just look the way I look all the time, but I, I realize <laughs> that like, like now he's he's cool with it, but I I didn't realize that as he was growing up, you know. Mm-hmm. That I was projecting um, mm. this weight on him, and and on mm. and just on the family, like the whole family looks at me, and based on the way that I look, will be the way that they respond. Wow! And and I wasn't, I just wasn't aware of that, right? I was just like, like it, it, it was almost like, don't say nothing to him right now. You know, mm. he, he, you know, he just woke up. Or you know, it, it was just it was this thing, and it, even if I wasn't feeling that way, the my family just didn't know that. Like they would just look at me and be like, <laughs> "Like he's mad," you know. Don't, you, you know, right, right, right. So it was this weird thing, right? But I I wasn't aware of that. But now my son is he isn't like that at all. Like he, you know, like he sees me like you know. He doesn't have the apprehension in terms of approaching me. He just mm-hmm. like I know that's just where Dad looks. So he <laughs> now he just hey Dad, let me ask you a question, right? <laughs> so so anyway, so on my way home from the barber shop, he says, so Dad, um, when you meet, you know, um, uh, whatever her name is, I'm not gonna call her name on, on, on now, right? But um, but when you meet her, what what questions would you have for her? And I was like, I don't, 
clear. I honestly, I don't have no question. I don't know. I don't know what I'm asking. <laughs> and so he was like, "Well, um, just happy that it's a girl, <laughs> right? Right? Why are you read my mind?" Because I said to myself, "This is why I didn't want children." I said to myself, "If it's a child, God, please let it be a girl, because it is rough." I know I had a rough childhood growing up as a black man. I wouldn't wish this shit on no fucking body. And um, there's very few people like us that escape that reality. They could be brilliant like a motherfucker and still not escape that fucking reality. But I had a question based on on that, that feedback. Do you have a relationship with your daughter the same that you do with your son? Great question, bro. Um, I don't I don't think so. Um because you know my yeah, my, my my daughter enlightens me about my son. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> um like when they were younger, like she would take mm-hmm. your cell phone. She would steal the cell phone, and she would break the code and then give it to give it to me and and, and his mom, right? And, and and she would say, "This is this is who Khalid is talking to. This is what he was saying." So we would read all of this all of his messages, you know. So we we would know who he was talking to, how he was talking to him. We we would know all of that. So and it'd be she'd be like, he clear like this girl. He like this girl right here. She don't like him. Well, he like her, and it and and, and you know they like one another. It would so it it would be this whole little kooky teenager thing, right? We'd be like, you know, because he he wouldn't talk to us about it, but Karaya would be like, my daughter would be like, hey mom, dad, look, she sneak downstairs with his phone. He sleep and be like, I got Khalid's phone. Here's his messages. <laughs> you know. You know. So it, it, it was it was kind of weird, bro. It was it was it, it was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, but in raising him, it, what was scary the most, bro, is what I didn't know. Is how, like, my daughter used this word, super masculinity. She's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> right? And, and, like, toxic masculinity. Right. And, 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 and she said, um, bro, I don't remember when this conversation happened, but this was like in the last couple of months. Like, mm-hmm. like my dad is like super masculinity, which has made <laughs> Khalid struggled with who he was. Bro, I was mm-hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> Where'd you get that? Bro? Right, 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 right. Right. And and, and so told you right. I was like, where the fuck did that come from? What, what, what are you talking about? But but what I've learned is that as a male in my house, that's the <laughs> persona that I've demonstrated. Not mm-hmm. not intentionally, but right. that's what I right. That's that's what I've I've done, 
And and so <laughs> good, bad, and indifferent. I think that what ended up happening was, you know, my kids, my my family looked at me like, oh, this dude is a super super masculine male. And I wasn't <laughs> trying to be that. I was just being myself. Right. But right. them them trying to find themselves and how to relate to me in in that that they perceive me as. Mm-hmm. And that was a that was a life learning lesson for me, mm-hmm. you know, and a family learning lesson for me because, I, you know, I was just being myself. I wasn't trying to be anything <laughs> other than that. But in 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 them growing up around me, and me growing mm-hmm. up around them, not understanding how it was impacting their growth. Hmm. I I know today, like, um, not literal today but today I wish I would have taken my daughter to like the masculine places because I think she would have had a better outlook on men than she does now whereas she may be more vulnerable to them now because I didn't take her like take her to the gym All right, today you come go work out with your dad like I would with my son. Those those are the things that um I wish I would have done. Not just support her and her gir- girly things, but to give her some um type of mas some of that uh toxic masculinity so that she knows how to deal with it in her adult life. Mm-hmm. I think for me, with my daughter, um, luckily she's had a mom, but mm-hmm. she has she has always made me more loving and affectionate and understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so what if she says in the couple of months, uh, Dad, I want you to meet my first boyfriend. Yeah, what's gonna be your reaction? I've already told her. Would, would it be the same reaction that you had with your son? I really don't have no question. Yeah, I've already told. I've already told her she she can't do that. I've already said to her, look, uh, you ain't have no boyfriends uh, until you get like twenty two. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I I say that jokingly, and you gotta have a passport, but yeah, I, I say that jokingly, but. Um, believe that any dude that she's interested in, I will harass the shit out of him and his parents. Like in Bad Boys. Yeah, so... When he came... The son... The the potential boyfriend came to the door. Yeah. But but, 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 but you know what? In, in, In fairness, I said to my son too, okay, who's this girl? Who who are her Mm. parents? And what are their Mm. backgrounds? Hmm. You know, because I'm saying if they are willing to let her date you, then who are they? Hmm. And 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 I want to know them. Hmm. And 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 I'm saying that because, you know, I, I love you. And I don't right. want you to just be dating anybody. Right. So let me because I know how I raised you. Twenty one years of child support. <laughs> You know, and, and but but bro, let me let me tell you let me let me tell you the difficult of difficulty of the conversation that we had, right? 
um, so the difficulty of the conversation was, he said that, um, and this is and this is the analogy he used. He said, mm-hmm. so what if Karaya, you know, um, was eighteen and decided she didn't want to go to college? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, because guess what? At eighteen in my house, Karaya doesn't get to make that decision. We do. <laughs> You know, you know, same in the same way with you. So mm-hmm. then he said, um, to the girl he's dating, right? Um, doesn't isn't interested in going to college. Right? Mm-hmm. And so he said, um, so what do you think about that? I said, <laughs> so he, here's what I think about that. What what's her <laughs> I said, what's her background? Who's a mom? Who's a dad? And what kind of <laughs> education do they have? Because mm. to me, that speaks volumes to why and mm. how she perceives education. Mm. And so she, he said, well, her dad hasn't really been in her life. Mm-hmm. And then he said, I don't really want to meet her dad. Mm-hmm. He said, she doesn't have a good relationship with him. And I, I know you, he said to me, I know you got in a lot of trouble and was arrested and went to jail. He said, but this mm-hmm. guy went to prison for killing somebody. So wow. I don't I don't know that I he said to me, I don't know that I want to meet him. And mm-hmm. then he said, well, you know, her mom didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. And so I said, Well, where did she grow up? And he said, Well, because she lives in Maryland, but she grew up in DC. So there's mm-hmm. a difference, right? And so 16th Street. So there's a difference. So then I said to him, I, we start to have the conversation. I said, well, Khalid, the difference I want you to first start to understand is the way that you groomed and your the way we groom you and your daughter, you and your sister, and mm-hmm. your cousins, and you know, you grew up in a household. And a family of people that went to college. They, you know, mm. your cousins went to college, their parents raised them to go to college. We, mm. you know, I met your mom in college, you know, so that's kind of where we are, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the expectation. That's the expectation that we have for you and your sister. Mm. Now, you're dating a girl that's completely different. Her mom mm-hmm. didn't go to college, her dad was went to prison for killing somebody. She doesn't have cousins. She doesn't have people in her family that have went to college. So wow. the value of education for her, she doesn't see it. Right. So I said, the problem is that if she graduates at six, at 17 or 18 years old, she, will, she may very well end up at 30 years old with still just a 17 or 18 year old education right. as it relates to academics. Right. Now, it limits her in terms of the jobs and the things that she can do in life. But right. now she's 30. But she mm. has made a decision at 18 about what the rest of her life is going to look like. Mm. And I said, that's not fair to her. Right. And I said, so as a parent, I would be doing you a disservice with all the money that we spend with allow with, with you and your sister and the energy. In, in terms of hiring tutors 
in in terms mm. of putting you all in, in advanced classes, in terms of paying, you know, additional tutors and all that stuff for you mm-hmm. all to have a decent education and to be able to get go to you know for college and all all that other educational stuff. I said mm-hmm. that's only because your mom and dad understands how the educational system works. And the value. And the value of it. Now, you can argue all this shit you want all day about paying X amount of dollars to go to college and get a degree. Man, I'm not going to argue that with you. You feel that way, Mm. you feel that way. That's fine. But what I am telling Mm. you, what I do know is that if you want to make a certain amount of dollars, if you want to make X, Y, Z, you don't have an argument when you don't have the criteria. Hmm. When when you don't have the criteria, when you don't have if, if, if the job says you need to have a BA or a master's or you need to have X Y Z, and all you have is this, you you're not in the argument. You're not a you, you're not a considered. I don't care how smart you think you are, you know, and you know black power, fuck all of that shit, nigga. You at, at the requirements say the basic requirements is a BA degree. Or whatever, you don't have that, man. You can talk all the black you power shit you want to talk. You ain't <laughs> you ain't considerate, nigga. They ain't considering your ass at all. So what I'm saying is, and 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 so what I said to my son, I said, I'm going to quote something or a person that you turned me on to, and that was Kevin Gates, right? Mm-hmm. My son listened to Kevin Gates, and I mm-hmm. said. Why choose failure when when success is free? Hmm. Hmm. And that's the beyond that I wanted you to get to. <laughs> if that ain't clear to everybody listening, say that again, brother, at the 22-minute mark. So again, why choose failure when success is free? Again, wow. why choose failure when success is free. Because hmm. why limit yourself? Why, hmm. why why put yourself in a position that you are going to be limited for life when success is free? <laughs> and that is the last word we will have on this subject. That is going to be the title of this damn segment, brother. Why choose failure when success is free? Indeed. I need to write that in into my mental notes. Not, not just on paper. That needs to be put in the back of my head every time I go for sabotage. But that was the solution I was looking for. I know if I dig long enough, <laughs> I can get it out of you. <laughs> and for that, I thank you, brother. Indeed. Uh... We'll see you next week. Inshallah. Inshallah, bro. Right back in DF and Universe. Peace. Peace.